there are bad losses. There are really bad losses and there are unforgivable losses. And that is exactly what happened on Saturday as Boston college loses, not only loses to UConn, but manages to score three points against the Huskies. We're going to get into what this means, where I'm at with this program, and your thoughts on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is AJ Black, Locked On BC. Thank you for listening. And if you're listening, I want to thank you for sticking with Locked On BC, your first listen every day. All right, folks, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into this hard. Mitch is not with us today. He's actually, and get this, going back to watch and rewatch the game for our site, Eagle Insider. God bless him. Because what we saw on Saturday was one of the worst losses in program history. It's not even close. Um, BC falls to, to UConn 13 to three. They fumbled the ball. What? Five times. They threw four interceptions. I believe. I mean, it felt like 20 interceptions. It just kept coming and coming and coming. Um, I, I, I have nothing bad other than that first drive really to say about the defense. I thought they played fine, but it's not about that. It's not this, this podcast today is not about recapping that game or going over the X's and O's of what happened because we are way past that. Now the Yukon Huskies have never beaten Boston college before Saturday. Yukon last time they played BC with Steve Adazio lost 39 to 16. And we fired that head coach a year and a half later, Jeff Halfley in his offense went out there and put up three freaking points against UConn. It was one of the most painful games I have ever seen. And I don't blame any of you. If this was the last BC football game you watched for the 2022 season, because I'm here covering it, you know, watching it to talk about it on the podcast or, or to give you my thoughts and analysis on Eagle insider. I'm watching this and I am a bored to tears because it's just bad. B ashamed because, you know, I know I, you know, being a BC graduate myself and knowing tons of you guys out there, I I know many of you personally, I know what this game meant and how devastating it is, but more than anger, shame or uh, anger, not shame, anger and, and just shame. And boredom was I kind of just felt nothing. Like I just felt like the season has just blurred into nothingness. It's become this, um, you know, season that you just want to forget about that a year that we're now just two years away from that big magical season of 2020, where everyone thought that Jeff Halfley was going to be the answer uh, for, for this team. And he clearly is not. And now we are stuck with, 
a team that is as bad as 2015, 2012. And it doesn't feel like, you know, 2012, we, we, we moved on from Spaziani right away after that season. 2015, many folks were like, especially after that Wake Forest game, were like, okay, we are done with Steve Adazio. And, and rightfully so. And it took, what, four years more of that before they got rid of him. Now we are at a crossroads with Jeff Halfley. And the reason that we're there, and I'll get a little bit, in, let's get into a little bit of like schematic stuff and, and the reason for the frustration. But look at the offense. How frustrating is it that you have Zay Flowers on your team and he can't do anything? He can't get him the ball. You can't get him open. I mean, he was completely irrelevant in this game. And by the end, he, I mean, he had a tough game himself and that drop is on him, not on, on Emmett Moorhead, but how much more can he take? Right. But you have guys like Zay, you have Joseph Griffin out there and you can't figure out a scheme to get them the ball. And, and you have two quarterbacks you're at, and I'm going to go back to 2015 because this feels like 2015 to me. You have Phil Dracovic, who you've game plan like like it. The game plan for him was awful. I don't know what they're thinking of doing with with Dracovic, but the fact that BC went into this game with the worst offensive line in the in the in the country, probably. I don't I don't watch some of the bad teams that are on that list, but they're they're easily the worst in Power Five football. And the game plan that you went into that game with was we're going to play bully ball and try to push them around and run the ball. Is that really how you wanted to set the tone? UConn hasn't been a huge pushover. I talked about that last week. And now my, my prediction for this game wasn't even close, but I had a whole episode of why you should really be careful about UConn. And their defense was part of that. But you went in with an offensive game plan of quarterback runs and then some power football. With that offensive line, that's what they came up with. Mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. And then they go to Emmett Moorhead, who I know fans have been clamoring for, and I get parts of it. I mean, I saw I saw glimpses of what you're looking at, but he's clearly raw too. And and I'll get into next early later this week on what I think they should do with Emmett Moorhead. Um, and I'm firmly now in team Moorhead. Um, but with Moorhead. You know, you throw him out there and all of a sudden you're doing these quick routes, which we've never seen under Jakovic. And I know he's slow to get rid of the ball, but why can't they do that with Jakovic? Like, there's no reason Jakovic, who is supposedly this great quarterback, can't get the ball out of his hands quick enough. Like, it shouldn't take him that long to do a quick slant for him to do a quick out. Why is there two? It seems like two completely different game plans here. And then on top of that, Moorhead is, I mean, folks, as much as you like or hoping for him, there were points where he was very inaccurate. <laughs> like the interception he threw, I have no idea who he was throwing to. And then his, even the passes he completes, the guys on the, on the, on the call were calling it. He was inaccurate on those because the, the wide receivers had to slide to catch it. Um, any, any good pass would have gone for 30, 40 yards. But that being said, it all doesn't matter. None of this, all this talk about scheme, it doesn't matter. We're we're in we're in a, ro- a crossroads right now, where we have a coaching staff 
and scored three points on UConn. I, I can't get past that. I can't get past the BC scored three points against UConn, a team that was allowing 30 points a game. And BC scored three points. So in a moment, I'm going to get into where, where the, what, again, more of my frustrations with this program. And I'm going to look at special teams because I don't know what the heck is going on there either, because that's a complete disaster. And I'm going to get into Zay Flowers and I'm going to look at the story of a broken man. We'll get into that in just a moment. But bet online, they are your place to go if you are looking to make your next bet. BetOnline is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all your latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, Boxing, and Golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. They are great. I... I was looking today and I made a, an early morning bet and I I thought Travis ETN would score a touchdown. I didn't make it, but you know what? There's a lot of other great bets out there. If you thought UConn was going to win um, and I did not bet against that, but if you did, you would you'd make some easy money. And there's some interesting lines for next week. I saw Clemson at only three and a half against Notre Dame. That seems like easy money, but we'll have to check that out. So head on over to bet online where the game starts. This is Locked On BC, AJ Black, and we are talking about this unforgivable loss, and that's the only way I could approach it. I was talking to my wife about this game, and she's like, you know, you could call it an atrocious loss, and I'm like, it's more than that, though. There's been bad losses in BC history. You can look at 2012 against Army, 2015, that 3-0, whatever that was, against Wake Forest, 2019 against Kansas. There have been bad ones, but this one was so much more soul crushing because 2012, you knew what you had with spaz. You knew that the, the bottom was going to drop off at one point and it just happened. And that happened, right? Because he, he, you know, you looked at the win totals with Spaziani from 2009 on, and it was just like, a, it was like a steady decline. So you knew some really, really bad loss was going to happen. That wasn't a big surprise. 2015 with with Wake Forest was bad, but you know I think it was still early in that 2015 season, so you weren't in the space yet that this was going to be uh, like the atrocious season that it ended up turning into. So that was bad too. Kansas, yeah, that was bad. But it's Kansas. Kansas is you know they've had some history, so it wasn't like totally terrible. It was terrible, but it was it wasn't as catastrophically terrible. UConn, it's a G5 program. And again, you go back to what people had expected, myself included. And again, I own what I've said. And I am not the type of host that hides. I know people like accuse me on Twitter of like, like denying what I said. If you guys listen to my podcast, I own every L I take. You know what I mean? I own my losses. It's not that. I I think a lot of folks national folks, people I've talked to, I'm talking people down South, I, Eric McLean, you know, people from Sirius XM ACC, um, locked on ACC, um, you know, 
Bud Elliott from 247. All these guys I've talked to all thought Jeff Halfley was going to be a big time hire for BC. And so when I thought he was going to be this next big thing for BC, to see what I saw yesterday was just sad. And, it, you know, I, I it just... It just feels like Boston College football is right back where it started with Adazio. And it's just a new set of issues, right? Adazio was a jerk and he was not likable. His his brand of football was awful to watch. And he set back beat offenses for 20 years. But where's BC's offense now? It's awful to watch. It set offenses back 20 years. And at least I think we're at just... I, we're just at Halfley's nice, right? That's all it is. With Halfley, the defense, it's fine. I'd love to see them be more explosive, but we haven't seen that yet. And then I go back to the special teams. Special teams is such an underrated component to football. But when I see Danny Longman for like, what, the third time in the last like three weeks, kick a foot, a punt off the side of his foot, for 15 yards, I see Zay Flowers. I think he dropped two. He dropped two punts. I see Connor Litton shank a punt, a kick, not even close. I go, what is going on? Because the the offense is is completely a disaster. The special teams is is as big of a mess right now. At least they were kicking the ball through the end zone. The one two times they had to do it. That wasn't a big issue, but everything else was a problem. And so I look at that as a big issue and it just kind of exemplifies to me. It exemplifies to me that when I watch this team, it's not just the offensive line. The offensive line is a, a easy um, go-to um complaint for everyone. And and honestly, there's 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 some there's validity to it and I get that. And I believe me, I've been using it too, right? There's some validity to to blaming the offensive line. But at the end of the day, you have to find an answer. You you don't need to find an answer if you're missing four offensive linemen to beat Clemson. You don't need to find an answer to beat Wake Forest. But you better you better have the guys and the game plan to go out there and beat UConn because that is on the coaching staff. That is their responsibility to say, okay, yeah, we're missing Finn Durstein and um, Kevin Klein and Christian Mahogany and whatever. I can't even think of who the fourth guy is. I know they're, they're down four and, and Drew Kendall's playing with a club on his, on his hand, but this is what we can do to still exploit a team that isn't as should not be as talented as we are. And we didn't see any of that. BC looks so deflated out there for weeks. I've heard people saying they look, they look like they've quit. They've looked like they've quit. I, I, I didn't agree with it at first, but the moments that hit me all, they all, were around Zay Flowers. He's been the face for any BC fan that that has been like, oh, you know, I I'm I, I hate watching this team, but you know, they got still got Zay. 
watch his face in this game, man. It is. It was so sad to watch. It was just like watching the air deflate out of a tire with his kid. You know, he had the the drop punts. He had that drop touchdown pass that Moorhead threw. And he just looked so beaten. Zay Flowers, I've known from going to press conferences in years past, is a guy with a ton of energy. He's got a, a million-dollar smile. And to see him like that on the sidelines with his head in his hands, just looking absolutely sad, absolutely you know, depressed. It killed me watching that, but that's kind of where this team is. We've seen Dracovic, you know, throwing a, not throwing a fit, but getting pissed off on the sidelines about stuff. You know, we've seen some of the defensive guys getting upset, but through it all, Zay flowers has been kind of that rock. And it took until like three and a half quarters of this game for you to see that last gleam of this season drift away. And I don't doubt that Zay will probably still come back and make some incredible catches, but for him to look that way for, for, for this season, for everything that we were hoping for, at least you knew that Zay flowers came back to, because he's a BC guy, right? We've talked about that. He, he turned down the six figure deals to go stay at Boston college. And this is what he turned into. Not a good commercial for BC. I'm telling you that right now. But that's kind of where the program at is at. It's it's taken the life out of everyone. It it you don't see any. You see some life on the defense, but from the most part, they look so flat against a team like UConn. Okay, that this 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 wasn't good. And in our final segment, I'll give you my thoughts on Jeff Halfley. I'll give you my final thoughts, and folks, strap in. It isn't going to be good. But if you have not done so already and you're listening right now, I need, and you want to help support this podcast because God forbid, I need more help. (laughs) I need you guys to subscribe to my podcast. So all you need to do is on our page, hit that subscribe button right by the locked on BC symbol. It helps support our show and hit the like button as well. It helps with that algorithm thing. Um, And I always think it's funny. Because I'm just this one guy that does a podcast with, you know, a couple co-hosts here and there. But if you, it, it tells you how far BC bas- uh, athletics is so irrelevant that I am like the second search if you put, put up BC athletics. Like right below BC is me. And I would love to continue to go up that. And I, I, I think I will if you guys do that for me. Okay. All right. So let's in a moment, we're going to talk about Jeff Halfley. All right, AJ Black, Locked On BC. If you enjoy this podcast, check out Locked On ACC. I'll be giving some more of my thoughts on this current situation at BC on that show on Wednesday. I'm with Candace Cooper. You can find Locked On ACC on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And again, Mitch will be on our show tomorrow. He is currently locked in a hole, probably drinking himself uh, into oblivion, trying to rewatch the UConn game. So you're going to want to make sure you check that out. All right. So my thoughts on, on Jeff Halfley, I am not. So here's the deal. I am not the type right now to do the thing that like some blogs do, which is like just type fire Jeff Halfley with dumpster fire images and, and all that stuff. And that there's nothing wrong with that. That's their, that's their thing. And I am not on some of the other folks side where they're just like, I'm going to support Jeff Halfley till the end of the earth. I, I am not that. 
on last week's episode or two weeks, I forget when I said it. I don't, I don't mark down when I say things, but I know when I say certain things, right? I did say, uh, you know, if BC went three and nine, four and eight, I would, I, I was still on the keep Jeff Halfley bandwagon. But if you go back and listen, I said that I was getting off the train firmly if Jeff Halfley loses to, to UConn. And I, I mean, I was like, even if BC lost, I was half expecting that if they lose, they were going to be at least be competitive. They weren't even that. So I, I am firmly off the, off the Jeff Halfley train right now because my biggest issue with him, he, again, I, I said this before, he's a nice guy. I don't want, I don't hold any ill will to him. And you know, I, I had a much more contentious relationship with Dazio than him. Um, and, but that's not what this is, right? Nice guys are nice, but it's all about wins, right? It's all about the W's and he's not winning right now. And the reason he's not winning is because the team is sloppy from top to bottom. And you can blame injuries. You can blame, um, transfer portal issues. You can blame whatever you want. It's wins. And, and the issues on the field trickle from just like it, all the attention to detail stuff. I saw someone tweet about that. And if you're listening, I apologize. I don't remember who it was, but in 2020 BC was doing all the little things, right? In 2022, they don't do anything right. They don't do any of the little things, right? They're making mistakes all over the place with penalties with, I mean, the offensive lines a mess that, you know, they're not making any turnovers. They're not getting really any pressure on the quarterback. Consistent. Well, they, they did it against UConn. So I don't want to, I don't want to say that the special teams are a mess. They're dropping passes. They can't run the ball. You know, they're all the little things that you expect. And then they make like boneheaded mistakes constantly that cost them. Right. So that to me strikes me as organizational failure. And at the end of the day, who is that on? That's on the head coach. So when that happens, organizational failure to the level that we see against UConn, UConn, a team that went one and 11 last year, you're darn right. I'm very concerned and I'm, I'm done. I think I, I'm, I'm, I, I think BC does need a change at, at, in leadership right now. I do. I think that's where it's at. And it's it's better to get it done sooner sooner rather than later because you know you can fix recruiting for the next cycle you can get into uh, you know the transfer portal and get some name and then fit, try to get some of the guys that are on the, on campus not to leave but at the end of the day what do I really think BC would do that I mean you folks know the school they're not I don't think they're gonna do that. I think BC is the type of school that they're going to see what happened with the offensive line and say, Oh, he lost his offensive line. We'll give him another year. But I'm going to tell you right now, I am, I'm much more critical and much more um, pessimistic about what he can do. It, 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 and it's especially on the offensive side of the ball. And that's that the biggest challenge for him coming into this career was that he, that he, had only defensive experience and you go back and look at what his experience was. And I could see why some folks were skeptical. I, I, I saw his Ohio state stuff. I thought it was a good deal. And I thought her, a lot of national guys really like, and I thought that was a great idea too, but he he's, he said over and over again, right. That he needs to get more involved in the offense, that he needs to like get a better grip on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't think I've seen any of that. 
you know, they've got that archaic pro style offense. that just isn't working. And, and honestly, if it was working, it, we wouldn't be having this conversation. It's the fact that they can't adjust any of it to make it work. That is more concerning to me, but the systematic failure to do any of that stuff is a big, big issue. And to the point where I don't think it can be fixable with him. I don't know which do you fire John McNulty and, and the whole offensive staff again. He did that last year. He basically replaced the, he, he replaced other than Steve Shimko, the entire offensive staff. You're going to do that again. I mean, you could, but I, I, I think at this point it goes up to him and I, folks, I, I don't, I don't have any answers for this. I, I think he's got, I think it's, it's, he's on the hot seat hard now. I, I, I am supportive moving on from him and we'll get Mitch's take. Cause I know he wrote for Eagle insider the same thing today, but it, he's not working. And in college football right now, I know BC is like miles behind in a lot of different things. They need to be proactive about this stuff. They cannot let, I always forget it was Adazio here for seven years and he should have been gone after three, you know, schools, good schools that care about winning move quickly. And I know Dino Babers has had his ups and downs, but Dino Babers can coach a team. Even those years that they were bad, they were competitive. You know, what was it? 2020. They didn't even have a quarterback and they hung in with BC. Um, that That's a good coach. When BC is bad, they're real bad. And so I'm concerned about it. And we'll talk more about Jeff Hathley in this future on uh, on tomorrow's show. But I want to get to some of these comments before we head out. Um, Dennis says, what can you say that has not been said in the last 24 hours? This program is in a free-for-all and is legit the worst pro f- football five program in the country. Hathley may be a good guy, but he is so in over his head. And he also says, we're in running neck and neck with Colorado for badness. Well, the big difference between the two of us is Colorado got rid of their coach. Um, Me too says, well, I think many things have happened. Their offensive line is inexperienced and young. Their quarterback has not played to expectations, which may or not be a result of the offensive line. The quarter's decision-making has been questionable at best, and they have players in place, but they are young. It's obvious that depth is a problem at all positions. I guess, but then I go back to how do you fix that? You have to get be active in the portal. And again, I don't know if there's backstage stuff behind that and we'll never know that, but that's some good points as well. Frank Kelly says, do we even have someone coaching specials? They've been a, and I can't say the word because we're censored since Rutgers. Yeah, we do. Same guy from the last couple of years. So that makes it even more confusing. Um, and then I've got a bunch of spam tweets. Chris, would you put both Jeff Halfley and Bob Diaco in the same category as far as head coaching talent? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're both very, um, they're both very, you know, Diaco, that's a good one. I think he was the guy that was um, a defensive coordinator and I'm blanking on where before BC. And he was like the, the it defensive coordinator hire for a head coach in 2012 when they hired Dazio. And I remember certain folks really, really wanting him and he flamed out hard at UConn and then he hasn't done anything. I mean, he's been like a defensive coordinator, but he's been flaming out everywhere. So that, that in that sense, that being said, I do think that if Halfley does, if the if BC does eventually move on from Halfley, 
I do think if he becomes, it goes, uh, he'd probably go back a step, right? Most coaches like this would, where he'd go back to being a defensive coordinator. I think he'd be an excellent defensive coordinator. I think he'd be a good one at a big program too, right? He can recruit first of all. And two, he's, he's good at, I mean, we've kind of lost it in all the picture of the big picture of everything, but like given some good talent, he could be a really good defensive coordinator. So I think, I think that piece is a little bit different. Um, And then Jeff, is it unheard of to fire an offensive coordinator mid season line coach, special teams coach? I could go on. It's not. <laughs> and I know it was because of a specific situation and I'm, I'm totally blanking on the guy's name, but I know Spaziani fired his uh, offensive coordinator uh, after the UCF game a couple uh, in 2011. And uh, there was rumors of why that happened and I'm not going to get into it. Um, hashtag respect my privacy, but uh, he, he fired his head coach, I think three games into that season. So it's happened before it can happen. Um, and then finally, uh, Chris, Chris says, can we just hire Deion Sanders already? Um, so if you follow locked on BC on Twitter, you saw me tweet that the other day, please know I was only joking. Deion Sanders is not coming to Boston college. I know you folks would love to see him come to BC, but he's not the right fit. First of all, and see, he would never, I mean, it would be stupid for him to leave his current job to come to BC. I was just joking about that. And you know, if it become, I'm telling you, if, if, if some move happens where BC moves on, I'm sure I will give you running lists of who could come on. Um, to, to, to take that role. So thank you all for listening again. We'll be back tomorrow with Mitch. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button right now to make sure you're going to get all of our videos sent directly to you. We'll get tons of BC um, uh, content and I'm going to work through a lot of this stuff with you over this week. We got Duke on Friday. So yay, more football for this is AJ black. You follow me on Twitter at AJ black underscore BC. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again soon. Take care, everyone.